Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to episode number eight of Tell Me Your Tales. This week's episode is with Tali Bird. I'm super excited about this episode as it combines the elite running listeners with the Achukamalama listeners. And it's one I'm pretty excited to release. I know some people have just been tuned into the running podcast and other people have been tuning into the Achukamalama ones, but hopefully this one keeps everyone happy. For those that don't know, Tali is a super elite long middle distance runner. And she's an amazing artist, which she also does on the side. She's also a full-time school teacher as well, which would keep her pretty busy. And she's based in Echuca. Tali has won some massive races. One of those includes the Australian Marathon Championship, when she won that at the Gold Coast in 2014. She has won Run for the Kids, City to Sea, and a number of state championships over the cross-country distances in Victoria. In this chat, we tackle just about everything. Her routines, her upbringings, and her journey into running and art. I'm super thankful that I could get an hour of Tali's time and she agreed to be on the podcast. For those that don't know Tali personally, she's a very humble person and quite private. A lot of people in town would know her to say hello to, but not know a great deal about her, so I'm glad that she came on to open up a bit. Even for me as a fellow runner and school teacher in town, I never really knew much about her. We'd often pass each other when we're running and say hello and maybe talk a bit of shop about running at local fun runs and stuff. But it hasn't been until the last month or so that I've really spent some time with her and had some awesome conversations. Tali is running the Paris Marathon this weekend, so in about five days. Um, And her coach, Trevor Vincent, who's a gold medalist at the 1962 TV, I've just uh, made you a bit younger, Commonwealth Games, He um, contacted me a few months back and asked if I could help Tali out with a few of her longer marathon training sessions and her long runs. It came at a perfect time for me as I was pulling my training back a bit and had nothing on my radar. So it was really good to meet someone else for runs and not have that pressure on myself to hit specific times and do the sessions that I'd usually do. So we kind of mixed it up and I was just like a bit of a personal pacemaker for... um, yeah, about a month there and it was really fun just tagging along. I've had a ball training with her. She's so fit. It's um, If you follow me on Strava and see what I've been putting up there, some of the sessions that she's been banging out have been awesome. Um, obviously, though, you've got to take on the marathon and there's a lot of uh, unpredictability there. But she's in so good shape to have a really good crack this weekend. I can't wait to see how she goes. If you want to follow her race on Sunday afternoon Australian time, there's a few links on my latest blog. On my latest blog, I've been trying something new and putting out an occasional blog, which is called Yeah, It's Thursdays. Thursdays, because that's a day I have off. 
in these blogs, they're pretty short and sharp, and I'm just listening, well, I'm just listing some um, good things that I've come across that I think need to be shared. It's not sponsor stuff, so I'm not trying to chuck anything down your throat, just things like, you know, good books or podcasts or news items or athletes that, athletes that I think you yeah, can get something out of if you follow them and read them and watch them and whatever. Anyway, head over to my website at bradytrailful.com to check that out if you're interested. All good if you're not. Radio, once again, super stoked to share this hour conversation with Tali with you. Enjoy it if you like it and, um, you know, head over to our socials and stuff and throw a bit of support to her before Paris if you get a chance. This week I'm also going to have an, uh, another episode dropping with uh, one of the favourites for Sunday's Canberra Marathon. So stay tuned on Thursday or Friday for that one to come out. I'm on school holidays at the moment, so plenty of time to edit these and get them up for you. Anyway, enjoy, and thanks for listening. Rightio, Tally Bird, welcome to... um my little back studio. No, it's nice to be here on a Sunday morning. Yeah, thanks for giving up your time. It's um, it's almost a bit weird interviewing you because we've spent probably the last three weekends running 30 plus K together and I'm almost thinking like we're out of conversation, but hopefully we can get some good content for the next hour. Yeah, no, it's been, it's especially um the last few weeks doing the long run on the Saturday, it's been actually nice to have a a true Sunday and able to really switch off. Yeah, we are just talking about that, weren't we? It's... um. I don't know, for me traditionally I've always done my long run on the Sunday and it almost hangs over your head the whole the whole weekend and not so much you dread it because I really do enjoy the Sunday long run but it is good to knock it out on the Saturday morning and then use it as a session more than a more than a long run and um, have your Sunday free. Do you feel the same? Yeah, definitely, especially um, giving that extra time to recover before the, I guess, the working week starts again, just notice start the Monday really refreshed, like you've had a bit of a break. Yeah, and even once it's finished on a Saturday morning, like having it finished at 9.30 or 10 o'clock and then having the whole Saturday to go and then your whole weekend still, it's um, it's quite a good thing. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoy it. Before we get on to much stuff though, do, we want, do you want to maybe introduce yourself just so the listeners know who you are and a bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm Tali. I um, live in the Chuka at the moment, teach art at the Chuka College. I've been living up here for five years now. Um, and before that, had about seven years, I guess, in Melbourne um, while I was at uni and then after uni um, teaching and I decided to go, to go back to uni. And I guess before Melbourne, I grew up in Donald, so I did, I was born in Donald and did all my primary and high school at Donald Primary School and Donald High School there before it's moving to the big smoke in Melbourne. So yeah, yeah right. in the country now. Let's touch on that Donald, like how big's Donald population? Uh, look. The population sign says 1,500. It's been up there for quite a while. I'm not too sure how many people live in there, but probably between 1,000 and 1,500 people. Yeah. And what was it like growing up in such a small town? Well, I didn't know anything different. And um, I guess as a teenager, you hate where you grow up. But um, <laughs> now looking back, I, I loved growing up there. Really lucky to um, live in a, such a small community and to be able to have the freedom to ride my bikes around wherever, have part-time jobs, um, play sport every night of the week, and, yeah, had a lot of freedom because of that small community. Yeah, and were you guys on the farm? 
Uh, we lived on the farm. My, our parents don't farm, but our grandpa did. So while he was still farming, we lived on the farm for the first 13 years of my life. And then that was in a drought. So it was just easier to move into town while having issues with water. So it was a good time to move in when I was sort of at the, at the start of high school and wanting to I guess, socialise more after school with friends at the pool and get more involved in sport and um, work part-time. So yeah, it was good to have that um, balance between having some of your life on the farm, climbing trees, and then the other yeah. part in, in town. So when you talk about part-time work in Donald, where does someone find their part-time work in a, in a small town like Donald? Well, oh yeah, I was one, uh, my group of friends, all of us worked at um, the IGA, so yeah. um, that was the place to be working in high school. So I usually either worked before school, so I'd have a week where every morning I'd be fronting product produce on the um, shelves or um, stocking shelves or you, you have the week um, on the checkout in the, in the afternoons twice a week and I usually work Sunday mornings there too so it was always um yeah it was good for the pocket money and also I guess because everyone all my friends worked there it was good for that social yeah, atmosphere. No, it's my first job was at IJ as well in Bendigo it's mm. um it's funny because they're not that big kind of firm supermarket, but they're always in small towns. Mm. Like I know where I work at Tongala, like we've got an IGA and it's almost, mm. not the heart of the town, but everyone does their shopping there. Mm. A lot of the kids get their first job there. Like they're pretty important to little towns. Yeah, IGA definitely. supermarkets. Definitely. It was just, um, I guess, hard, not hard, but you're always conscious of not buying anything on your tea breaks because I paid $6 an hour. So <laughs> by the time you bought a tub of yogurt or a, Big M, that's a year, yeah. a year hours pay, so I usually took my own snack there. I just, um, I was talking to someone about it the other day. I used to work in the meat department, so with the butchers, mm-hmm. and they used to start work at like five or six o'clock. So I used to do a shift before school and work five till eight in the morning and then ride my bike home and then go to, um, go to school and I used to get paid yeah six bucks seven dollars an hour yeah. and now I think about it like getting up at 4 30 to earn 21 dollars and write your whole Monday off because you're so tired was just ridiculous but at the time I think it ingrains in you and I think it comes back to us now that you can get up at 4 30 and go for a run or you can go you know get up at five and go for a run or whatever it is it kind of was a good starting point for working hard and it's probably followed on to the running a bit yeah um so was our high school in Donald yeah, we have a um, high school and um, did all my schooling there. Um, at the time, we Donald High School was yeah pushing boundaries, I guess, with our results. We I know when we went when I went through high school, we were the top in the top three of the performing non-selective schools in the state. So yeah, right. Um, look, we yeah strong high school. Um, sort of um, gone down a bit now, but at the time when I was going through, it was really um, strong up there in the rankings with um performance yeah that's awesome and then were you straight from high school to uni in melbourne or did you have a gap year or no i went straight to uni um down at monash in melbourne so moved down to um howard hall down there hall residence so that was um great fun like being on camp without teachers for three years yeah um, in melbourne so lived lived there on campus for three years before moving out with a group of friends in Clayton. Yeah, was it a bit of an eye-opener or were you just like any anxiety or worry about moving to the big city or was that just a pretty smooth transition for you? You were ready for it? I was definitely ready for it. I was sort of keen to get out of a small town and explore the world and especially living um, in Howard Hall, there were so many people from different cultures. I'd never 
they've lived with um, Muslims, or they've lived with Indians, and so it was just um, definitely an eye opener being exposed to a lot of different cultures and how they live and working together and cooking together. Yeah, it's a massive eye opener, I'm sure. And then where does running fit into all this? Were you running through high school and secondary school or all the same thing? Uh, I guess in being a small country town, the town revolves around sport, especially at the football club. So growing up, it was the thing to want to be good at sport because the, the town revolved around it. So I definitely um, played sport throughout my life. I mean, primary and high school. Um, Although we don't have, didn't have the variety, um, but definitely played hockey in the winter, tennis in the summer, um, and then later in high school, I got involved in squash and really enjoyed squash. I didn't really um, get involved in running. I always um, did well in the athletics and cross country, especially from year nine onwards, and was winning all the races there. But um, didn't really. I, I enjoyed it, um, but, yeah, was just happy playing every other sport. Yeah, and that's good, I think, as well, to have that balance. And then, yeah, you hear about it all the time that the kid that turns out to be good at footy was also good at cricket and swimming and running and had a big selection of sports throughout, the big variety mm-hmm. throughout their um, throughout their junior years. So then moved to Melbourne. What were you studying at uni first time around? Um, visual arts. Yep. So started off doing a double degree with visual art and education. It was the first year they were doing the, it as a double degree and worked out fairly early on that it was a, wasn't the best course uh, and just changed to straight visual art um, and then did, then did my DPED after as a straight year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then was real, I guess after my three years of visual art was, I was really keen to do honours um, and was wanting to do honours straight after my three years but my parents sort of put the sensible hat on me and suggested I'd be best to maybe do my DPED and then have that flexibility with doing emergency teaching while I was doing my honours and I'm yeah really glad I did that so started doing my honours in fine art while emergency teaching and did well enough in honours for um to be offered a funded place to continue on in um to do my master's in research and had a studio space at Monash Uni which is pretty cool at Caulfield overlooking the race course um yeah at the time doing emergency teaching yep um and then is that where the running became a bit more serious at monash did is that where it started like i know yeah. tv and leslie have their group at monash is that right and you just slipped yeah, into look, that i guess i got involved in running in my first year i was um, moving to melbourne i was keen to get involved in, in sport and keep my fitness up i loved sport and lo- i loved feel, being fit um i guess growing up in donald i was also keen to join a gym and actually see what it what these um dolly magazines and girlfriend <laughs> magazines um talk them up to be like um although when i went to the gym i didn't realize how expensive it is to be a member so they had a free running club advertised at the monash uni so i thought that that would be probably better than wasting my money on a a, a ticket to allow me to run on a treadmill so i went along there and yeah it didn't look haven't looked back I um the next I guess week I, I went there and then was connected to Leslie Grimes who's still my coach and yeah it's been a continual journey from first year uni um getting involved in the sport just really enjoying it especially um living at res there were quite a, there was a small group of us who used to do our nightly runs at 9 30 10 11 11 30 at night 
um, and then as I progressed the uni, it got more serious. Yeah, so first question about that is living on res can often be a bit of a party um, party central and starting a running club at the same time. Was there a bit of a clash there between partying on res and picking up the running? Is that why you're running so late at night after big sleep-ins? Or? I think it worked out well because um, I just loved the social atmosphere of running. Um, I must admit, I was, especially in high school, I never drank. Um, I probably was introduced to the... Uh, deadly passion popping first year and um but I've never really been a big drinker I guess um but I really love the social side of um resonance with the um every the, the week revolving around not night on Thursday and what you're going to dress up as and where whose room you're going to um hang out in before there before you went to the knot but um yeah so I guess um that took the seriousness off running, just getting involved in a sport and just purely doing the sport for enjoyment. Mm. And it sounds like socially you had a good group of people around you that had similar um, similar goals and interests and were in it for the same reasons, Yeah, more for the just enjoyment and exploring. Um, we worked out that um, the Natural Confectionery Company was on the same road as our residents, so on, we got to know the security guard on a Tuesday night. So our Tuesday night run would be along there and you got, we'd get our one kilo bags for $2 and yeah. they were pretty good. Although they're all dodgy colours. They're all green and yellow lollies. It was, it, you, you struck gold if you got a red lolly in the bag, <laughs> but um, you, most of the time they're fairly boring yellow and green ones. It's not a bad story. The other question about that was, can you remember any of your results? Like, did you have any races or time trials or like any first indications of, what kind of times you were running? No. Or did you do any races? Yeah, I raced, but I didn't really care about times. I didn't really have no idea what um, times I was running. I, and I think that was a good thing. I, I started off in, in senior women. So I started off competing in senior women. And so from a start, I was never really winning or even in the top 20. I was always sort of 20, 30. Um, yeah, I... It was just enjoyment, um, to be honest. I wouldn't have a clue what times yeah. I was running. I did track. Um, again, I don't really know what times I was running. Yeah, yeah no, that's good, isn't it? No pressure on it all and just yeah. um, and just starting out. So maybe if we can flip over to the running side of things now, do you want to maybe list your PBs? Because it's kind of interesting to hear that story about getting into running and then to now know that, you know, Australian champion, state champion and... Um, Maybe some of your PBs. Yeah, if I can, if I can know them. Well, I've got them, I've got them written down here. Oh, if you okay. if you want to stumble. Um, but. gosh, I fifteen hundred. I think of them about four forty four. Um, three K is about ten forty four. I've got ten oh one for three K. Oh, I did a um Bendigo one on um, yeah. last Australia Day. I was the only person who turned up um, and ran ten forty four. Oh, okay. Um, for 3k yeah um but if it's 10.01 i'm happy this is off the all athletics website i don't know where they've got that from Um, take that one anyway it's quicker than 10.44 i mean sorry 9.44 oh 9.44 that makes more sense we'll we'll take that for Um, sure um 5k is 16.29 i think yeah that's what i've got um 10k is 34.34 i think um 
half marathon is 14, I mean an hour 14 something and then my marathon is 2.43.59 I think. Yeah. Pretty, and that was up at the Gold Coast in the first one? Yeah, yeah, loved it. We'll get onto the marathon journey I reckon because um, there's a few little stories there. So do you want to maybe walk us through, I read your blog on it, there was a really good blog on um, maybe the Glenn Huntley like newsletter or something like that where you kind of detailed your your preparation for Gold Coast and then um, and the results. So do you want to maybe just give a bit of a summary of why you did that race? Or do you want to maybe talk about Canberra in 2012 first? Yeah, Canberra I did um, was going to do, well, and I did start the race. Um, my first year in, I moved up to Moema and I guess, oh, I'm even surprised I got to the start line with that one. I was, I was sort of... Um, Everything was happening. I moved. I've just moved to Moama. Started teaching um, full time. Um, was still finishing off my masters. So going through the um, process of getting all that proofread. I had my masters exhibition um, on the Friday. That opened on the Friday, and then I drove to Canberra to run the marathon. And I hadn't really done a lot of training. It was more I needed something to look forward to, and I needed something. Um, to train for the year before so I thought oh the marathon will be something easy to not easy but it was, it was something to train for and give me the motivation to keep running through a time in my life where I was sort of in between places moving and um, trying to get settled my life down um, so I did go up to Canberra and started it but I was I didn't even know I think I got about through 20k and just bombed out and walked back to the start line and my sister was there and we just drove home um, and that was fine um, and so then it took me a few years to I guess want to do another one so it was um, Gold Coast and I guess we um, Leslie and TV who are my coaches decided just to do it and see what happens um, so we didn't change anything in my training um, although I did do two 30k runs um, to get used to, I guess, the longer distance and went up there and without any expectations and, yeah, really enjoyed it. I had my, I guess, my sister Georgia there on at the 30K because in my mind I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen after 30K. I've never run past 30K. Um, so she was on there at the 30K drink station with a, yeah, so she's got a good photo of me giving her the thumbs up. Um, but, yeah, no, I really enjoyed the um, whole experience of the journey through the race, um, I guess running past my sister at 30k and then around 27k my coach Leslie she was on course and I just remember her waving her arms around her, she was shouting something but I can't remember what she was shouting but I knew I was on on a good pace so um, yeah really. So were you not looking at your splits, you didn't know like because it was the Australian Championships and yeah, early yeah. stages you were sitting in third and just having a good time and then look I, I, I knew it was a, obviously I knew it was the Australian Championships but I didn't really think I'd have a a chance at a, a podium it was more of a just get a time on the board finish a marathon and see um, what time that is and then have that time to build on or get faster from um, so I don't really think oh obviously I wanted to run around bit faster than 2.50 so um, yeah I sort of started slow and then got 
into a good pace around 2.45 pace and then after about 34k I sort of hit the wall and I think the blue out to 4.15 pace for the rest of it but um, still finished it um, feeling fairly strong. And in first position, what stage of the race did you go into first position for the Australian Championship? Uh, I think it was about, about 32k and then on, yeah, so 32 and then I think from that stage I thought I'd have the gap fairly well sorted so it was just a matter of not blowing out. Mm. So 2.43 in your debut just kind of having a bit of, well, not a bit of fun but kind of just testing the waters mm. and just said you know two 30k training runs did you do those at marathon pace or did you just do those you know jogging along just to see what it was like to do 30k? Because for me that doesn't sound like you know marathon training if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, no, I think that, um, no it was just two 30k runs um in the Chuka. Yeah. Uh, my my Wednesday midweek long run were twenty k, and they that was a session that I was running fairly um, steady, um, but I hadn't really had a marathon pace thought about. So it was mainly about just testing the waters and seeing what happens. Yeah. So you must have finished that race kind of thinking the sky's the limit. Like you really haven't done a massive marathon preparation. Oh, I was very naive. I, I, I had my thongs and I had my bathers and I thought I'd just go to the beach after with <laughs> my sister and, yeah, I spent the rest of the day in the hotel room on bed. Um, but, yeah, I, it was um, exciting, but then I think um, the few marathons after that, yeah, I tend to overthink the training after that and, yeah, wonder the sky's the limit, but then, yeah... Yeah, so let's get to that. So then finish that one in 2.43. Um, the following would have been Nagoya mm. over in Japan, March? Yeah, March, so I so trained yeah. up for that. That was, um, I loved training for that marathon. Started, um, I increased the Ks and sort of trained more specifically for the marathon. Talk me through that. So what's that mean? More longer runs or? Yeah, so ramped the Ks up to about 160K a week and had, I think it was about eight weeks of 30, 32k runs on a, a Sunday and they were sort of, um, I, did, I never really, again, I hadn't really thought about marathon pace or I hadn't really trained at marathon specific pace but um, it definitely increased the runs, running them a bit more steadier at the end. But um, I, yeah, I guess with that marathon I probably learned the hard way um, about not listening to my body and went into it probably overtrained. Um, but, there were probably a few signs at the end of my um, training that I probably was um, a bit over-trained and probably needed a, a few easy days rather than sticking to my training program and doing the sessions. Um, but that's part of learning, the learning. It is, for sure. So went over there. We spoke yesterday when we were jogging about you know, Nick contacting Nick Badeau through or your coaches contacted Nick Nick Badeau, got your start in the race, all the accommodations organised, picking up from the airport. Yeah, then... I was, yeah, I was lucky at our annual training camp at Falls Creek. Sonia O'Sullivan was up there, and yeah, they were, um, she was fantastic in helping me um, get to that marathon in Nagoya. And it was, yeah, it was a fantastic trip. Um, even though I didn't run the time that I had trained. Um, for hoped for um that's life and yes learn a lot from it mm. what did you learn about like the japanese isn't it just 
massive deal over there. They've got um, like bulk numbers and just the massive crowds. It's like the national sport, isn't it? The Japanese. Yeah, and it was an all female um, marathon too, so it was uh, definitely an experience. And running into the Nagoya Stadium at the um, end, everyone got a Tiffany necklace and there's sort of balloons and everything. So it was um, yeah, fantastic experience. When did you realise that that race was going the or not going the way you wanted it to go? Was it early um, or were yeah, you... early on because it is an all females race. Um, I probably I wasn't fast enough to be out with the leading packs, and then that wasn't my intention. So I didn't want to start off running at their pace, and there was sort of a big gap between the leading packs and the rest of the crowd. So I sort of um, was a bit in no man's land um, from after a few k, and yeah, started to struggle around 10k i think yeah because it's pretty elitist isn't it like you you said it's all female but you can't be a four hour female runner and get a start in that race is it just capped at what's the slowest you can be to get into it i'm not sure to be honest but um yeah there were i think from about 5k onwards i sort of got to the point where i couldn't really see anyone in front of me and there was no one behind me so yeah i guess from then i sort of struggled to keep the pace and then the motivation but, um, yeah. And you finished that day, though? You finished I finished race? it, yeah. yeah. I definitely finished it. I wanted my Tiffany necklace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was a long, a long run. What goes through your head? Like, I've been in a similar situation, but 7K to go in Melbourne Marathon or Berlin kind of 3K to go, you're kind of struggling. But what's it like 10K in knowing you've got 30K to go and, and things are going pear-shaped? Oh, I just... Especially being in another country, I didn't yeah. really know what I didn't, couldn't speak, I can't speak Japanese either. So I knew I had to get to the, to the finish line. Uh, so, yeah, you just do it. And just, I think, accept that you're not going to get a time. You don't even look at the watch. You, just, you change your um, your focus to just completing the race and be ha- being happy with, with that. Yep. And what was the finishing time that day? I don't know, to be yeah. honest. I, I got to this, I didn't want to look at my watch and I... Yeah, I didn't look at the time and I crossed the line. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find it in my research either, so it's a bit of a bit of a question mark over that one. So then, that was two thousand fifteen, and then a bit of a break for the marathon, almost what, 16, 18 months, mm-hmm. and then um, plan to hit Melbourne. Yeah, that was a a um, tough one. That one, but um, yeah, again another marathon that I think um, I learned a lot from. And yeah, probably learnt that you can't really go into a marathon if the rest of your life is a bit unbalanced. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at, at the time it was a hard one to, I didn't finish it, I stopped at 15k and um, yeah, the next day started making a lot of changes to my life and haven't looked back. So um, in the way, even though I didn't finish the race, um, I think what I've learnt from, from that um, has been um, better than that, what I would have learned if I had have struggled and actually just finished the distance. Yeah, like you could have almost gone out and ran at two forty-five that day, had a had a pretty good run, but then almost excused other stuff going on in your life, and because that result mm-hmm. kind of would have justified it. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes you kind of need those results to actually make you act. And yeah, and um, that that's yeah. definitely what that definitely um was it that day I. The next day, I, well, 24 hours on a, well, 
I was running around the scenic on a Monday night and I was in a position where I didn't know where I was li- going to be living the next year. I didn't know where I was going to be working, but for some reason I just felt so good. So um, yeah, it was a it was a really good um, moment for me to um, start making some serious changes in my life. Yeah. So without going into too much detail, you pretty much worked walked into work the next day and you know resigned from your job. Is that? No, I called in sick and rang the union and yeah, just um, resolved a lot of things and yeah, moved on. Yeah, awesome, awesome, good stuff. Um, let's go back to why Chukamoama then? Like you're in Melbourne, you're finishing off uni. What made you make the trek up to to live up here and work here? I was um, getting at the end of my masters and I knew I wanted to um, start teaching full time and I sort of gathered a sort of it was going to be hard to get a job. I hadn't really had a full, um, full-time job teaching. It. All my experience was emergency teaching. Um, and a job, a um, six-month month placement came up in Kyabram, um for the last two terms. So I took that up and um, had two terms teaching in Kyabram and really loved living up here. So um, at the end of um, the year, I was in a position, yeah, I had... Um, a few I had three jobs um, I could have taken um, one was the perfect my perfect allotment just teaching studio art bizcom and um, junior art but um, I really I was really attracted to Achukamoama so I decided to take a job that um, probably wasn't my um, cup of tea teaching load but I sort of chose the location over the the teaching allotment and yeah really enjoy living up here yeah right i um bumped into that the lady you were living with when you were at kai mm. but yeah i bumped into her over in yeah it was at st Orgs one day in kai mm. and we took our kids over there and she said do you know tarly and i said yeah i know tarly we ran ran a bit together and she goes oh she used to live with me when she was boarding in kai yeah um, no what I was her name she was a legend. Only, yeah yeah, yeah oh, i loved living with her um and bruce they were um yeah, had a really good time living with her. They live in Rochester? Yeah, yeah Rochester right, yeah. now. So She's a good operator too. She's a good teacher. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. But um, loves a... We um, got along well. I love my op shopping and she loves her garage sales. So it was great each weekend. Often um, I went along with her to the garage sales and got a few bargains. So yeah, yeah it was good fun. Oh, that's good. Did you know many people when you moved to town then? Like you obviously were attracted by... I don't know, you kind of grasp me as a person that's attracted to the chilled out lifestyle, the good environment, like the bush that's around here, the trails. But did you have many um, social connections when you moved to Chukamoama? No. Um, no, I, I just... Um, I knew I'd, had to, I'd have to be moving somewhere um, in Victoria to teach where I was probably not going to know anyone. Um, a lot of all my social, all my friends were in Melbourne and uh, for me, I, I wanted to move somewhere where I was still close enough to go back to Melbourne um, to run and to um, catch up with my friends. And yeah, Echuca's quite easy to drive to from Melbourne so it's ticked the boxes compared to a few of the other um, places I was thinking of going. Did you find it easy though? I'm probably asking this because I was in a similar boat, moved to town and knew one bloke that I used to go to high school with and knew that he lived up here. But even us running yesterday around, we had a had a bloke from Melbourne with us, mm-hmm. the amount of people that you say good morning to, or he kind of made the comment that 
we seem to know everyone um, in Echuca Moama. Did you find it really easy once you were here to kind of broaden that social um, connection and that community? Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm quite like Echuca Moama, Moama because it's sort of that in between. It's not as small as Donald, but it's not the city. So it's got that good balance between, um, yeah, you can still go down the street and know a few people, but not everyone. So you, um, yeah, it's a nice balance between that small town and the, the city. Yep. Awesome. What about some of the other um, significant races you've been in and probably more importantly, you've won a number of big races. So like Mount Surf, City to Sea in Melbourne, um, Puffing Billy, Run for the Kids. Any of those have really special fond memories for you? Probably the Mountain to Surf in Lawn. Um, won that now for years in a row. Uh, that's um, fun for me because I grew up. We grew up um, going to Lawn camping two weeks every January, and we always went down the day of the pier to pub in the Mountain to Surf the the day before the pier to pub, and being. From year nine onwards, I really enjoyed running, so I was always itching to go to convince my parents to take us down the day before, and so I could run, run in this mountain to surf, and it never worked out. So to go back and now have won that four years in a row, that's probably nice because it, yeah, lawn, go, growing up, um, going there for two weeks every summer, it's um, a bit like a summer home. You know all the streets, you know all the shops. Yeah. What about run for the kids? That must be um, a pretty good feeling. Massive crowd, massive field to win that race. Yeah, and um, I guess also the I for me I love travelling, and so I've really enjoyed winning the mountain to no the city to sea twice. Uh, I've been lucky and scored two trips to South America with that one. So yeah, that's probably can't go past those two wins. Is it the same for run for the kids as well? Do you get a? Um, I've got a travel voucher. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the city, Mount, no, the city to see were tickets to South America. So I've enjoyed two trips there. So what, is it just like two, is it business class as well? I remember you telling me. Yeah. Because you didn't take, did you take um, The first time person? I took my um, parents and then the second time I went over with my sister. So it was um, two return tickets, business class, anywhere in South America. It's like 8,000 bucks worth of yeah fights, yeah. Yeah. Um, was um business class too you never want to i never pay to go business class but it was uh, always hard going back to economy <laughs> um and anywhere in south america whereabouts did you choose chose peru the first time because um we we're keen to do the inca trail and then i love peru so much that i wanted to go back there the second time so went back there with my sister the second time because i'd been there before we um had had that confidence to do it, slip off our own backs and um, do the hop on, hop, hop off bus and do our own, I guess, accommodation and everything. Yeah. And run for the kids. Is that um like just an X amount of dollars for the yeah. travel voucher? Yeah. Yep. So you can just put that towards wherever you want to go. Yeah, getting to races throughout the year. Which yeah. Is definitely ha- helpful. Because that's another thing, like travel is, um, you know, you'd always find yourself jumping on flights and trying to um trying to fund that journey as well. People probably don't realise, and I think it was when I was talking to Josh, like, well, you're doing Paris, and, you know, next weekend you're flying out, and um, similar to him, he was jetting off to Japan and been to Berlin and Rotterdam, and you you start clocking up quite a few dollars in flights when you go to international marathons um, pretty regularly. 
Um, Puffing Billy. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, especially our my club, Glen Huntley, there. Um, usually on the finish line, so you can't go past um, running through the finishing banner when you've got your two coaches holding the banner. So, yeah, that's um, winning that with um, Leslie and TV holding the banner. That's that was um, yeah memorable. Pretty special, I'm yeah. sure. Anything else that I've missed in there that stood out as big wins in your? Oh, uh, not w- big, but I can't go past the Tungama Tenkai. <laughs> Oh, I, I was I was a bit disappointed actually that it wasn't occurring last year because um, you've won yeah, Tungama. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, there's nothing in Tungama. There's a pub and a general store, and for some reason they put on a there's a five hundred dollar prize money for a fun run that attracts thirty people. Uh, so I I just love that one because I think it's, a, it's I shouldn't say joke, but it's hilarious. My the first time I did it. I got to about 7K where they had a drink station and there's this guy there on a Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, standing there, stubbies, um, thongs, drinking a beer, <laughs> not even handing me a drink, he just says, <laughs> drinking a beer. Uh, and then the, the, um, the next year they got the course mucked up so they started us and then the, the volunteer had was turning us down the wrong street. So they stopped us and started the race again however the locals who knew the correct route they kept on running so i didn't actually get into the lead position until 8k i remember that yeah yeah it was um yeah you know you go there and you're always gonna come away with a good tales and a few laughs i um, I love trying going over to that one i was i think you'd done it a couple years before i first um heard of it but yeah, it's just this race in the middle of a paddock at the town's probably four blocks by four blocks and you do this 10k race out the paddocks and over a bit of a dirt road mm-hmm. hill and then, yeah, as Tali said, they kind of give you 500 bucks if you win. I think it's like 250 bucks for second yeah. and 150 for third. It's almost like anyone gets a prize mm-hmm. and there's literally 20 to 30 people max in the race. So nearly everyone wins um, some kind of age group or mm-hmm. some prize and, yeah, it's, it's kind of great because it reminds you of small community and the whole town must be the highlight for their year doing that Tungamar 10k Mm. because there's a cycling race as well Mm. and street stalls and it probably just reminds me of I don't know that small kind of genuine you know running stuff without big sponsors banners and just Mm. the Lions Club putting on an event for their for their town which is really good but yeah quite a yeah strange experience I know that year I was winning when they I think they everyone just pretty much agreed to go back to the start yeah. because we went the wrong way and we just started walking back to the start and we're about seven hundred meters in. It was um quite interesting. Um, let's talk about a general week in training. So, do you want to maybe start us off with a Monday and work through to Sunday and just give us a bit of an insight of what your training week looks like? Yeah, I guess um I don't think I've mentioned I'm training up for the Paris Marathon at the moment. So, um, this term training's been a slightly different to cater for that but um, I guess that generally throughout the year um, Monday is an easy day um, Tuesday how far would you go easy um, 15k in the morning 8 in the afternoon yeah people and, laugh at that 23k and it's, um, a, and then it's an I, easy day when I'm not in I guess training at the moment for a marathon I do CrossFit as well on a Monday night um enjoy my crossfit and tuesday is a session in the morning 
so usually 1k reps and then in the afternoon an easy run and depending on what the workout is with um, CrossFit I might go there if it's easy um, if not I'll just give it a miss and go home and stretch Wednesday's a midweek long run um, Thursday is another session in the morning and I go over to Moama Physio and do the clinical Pilates too after that before work and then after in the afternoon it's just an easy relaxed run Friday's an easy uh, rest day but just go for a jog Saturday um, usually come some kind of fartlek session and then Sunday long run yeah and you sit at about 160k when you're building um, for marathon or more or less? More, less. I think, yeah, we learned from that marathon that um, I could I could handle the 160K when I was um, in the summer holidays, but it was sort of, Nagoya was um, during term one and I just was struggling to handle and recover um, on 160K as, along with um, work. So, um, yeah, from that we've learned to take it back down to... Um, usually around 145, 150, but no no more than that. Yeah, I think it's important too. Like sometimes you can do more. As you said, for Nagoya, you were mm. doing much more and it kind of broke you. Well, not broke you, but, you know, you probably didn't race or you weren't on the start line in the best condition because more isn't always more. It's about finding that sweet spot and yeah. what works best for you. Yeah, getting that recovery is the key. And probably um, do you find now that, after Nagoya, after Melbourne, after a few years of sitting around those high mileage that you've you've figured it out now, you're pretty confident with where you're at? Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Everyone's different. So um, you've just got to have that time to work out what suits your body, how much your body can handle, and, um, yeah, allowing yourself to have the years of training to find out that balance for your, your body. Yeah. And you mentioned CrossFit. Tell us about what does a CrossFit session look like? I've never done CrossFit fit, fit before. Um, I enjoy CrossFit. It um, it's something different and totally different to running. It gives me um, a bit of strength. Um, yeah, it, it sort of you never know what you're in for. I have the Sugarwood app, so you sort of can log on in the morning and see what the session is for the day. Um, a lot of um, stretching, a lot of um, mobility, so a lot of um, I, I like using the foam rollers, but then you'll have your, your workout for the day and it varies a lot. You It may be um, lifting, it may be um, doing more dynamic rowing or running or burpees. Um, yeah, you sort of never know what you're in for and that's what I like about it. Yeah, and right. you're, you're building that, that strength. Um, the whole group factor around that as well. I know that you often do a lot of your work by yourself, like me kind of thing. Do you enjoy... I know I enjoy just going to run on the on the treadmill at Fitmob because there's more people around. It's often um, mm. yeah, and I always try to jump in with triathletes and we kind of um, and it's been good you know, training with you as much as possible probably the last month. But do you find? Well, I guess my question probably is, how do you find that training by yourself solo? I find I quite like it um, fitting around work work um, full time. It um, it's easy to suit your lifestyle rather than having to fit your life around um, your sport training at a specific time. Yeah, I, I enjoy the, the group atmosphere with CrossFit and I also like the fact that um, I, I definitely go there and yeah, admire the, the difference in fitness. Like I, 
I go there and I'm quite happy doing my cleans with the just the barbell and while everyone else is sort of doing it with 70 kilos um, and yeah it's just nice to be around that different um, sport and you, at the end of the day you're all in it for the um, same reasons you're all trying to reach your personal goals and yeah support each other with it and you don't find that intimidating at all no I gosh no no I love it I quite yeah but at the same time I'm always not always but like you tell people oh I come along and run but they get intimidated but no one cares I so I don't care if I'm only using the barbell and doing my planes me. We spoke about it yesterday when we were running the same thing with Laurie's group and Parkrun starting up here mm-hmm. and people get intimidated to jump between different groups because they think they're not good enough but mm-hmm. everyone's in it for the same reason mm-hmm. and yeah, it'd be the same if someone was to come with us for 5k yesterday, it would be, we don't care mate, mm-hmm. sit at the back and have a chat and if you want to go 2k or 10k or 15k, it's mm-hmm. it actually lifts you as well I think, like I would... um yeah, much prefer to have company and alter my own plan than mm. trying to, especially those long, you know, 30, 35K mm. runs, they can really do your head in um, going from there. Uh, my next question would be around, have you got any um, role models? It might be in, because we're going to start talking about art in a second, hopefully, because I know mm-hmm. you're super passionate about that and that's just as big as you're running. But any role models in running or people who have really influenced you over the years? Uh Probably, um, yeah, I guess my coach, Leslie, she's been my coach since I started back in first year uni. And I think just her being on my life journey, she's been through lots of ups and downs and, yeah, has always been um, great in giving advice. So probably my coach, Leslie. Yeah. And and what admires me um, about her as a coach is um, she knows her limits. She'll know when she needs to tell me to go and see someone else for advice or there's been times when she's like oh okay at this moment in life you need to not listen to um myself you need to listen to what the physio is telling you and use their advice because yeah they've got more experience than what i have yeah Yeah, right now that must be pretty good to have that um have that relationship Mm -hmm. and that's that's pretty mature of her to be able to say you know this is getting at it because is she look i think that's um, what I admire about a coach, she knows her, um, her, I guess, qualifications, her knowledge, and um, yeah, similar to teaching. Like, you know what you can teach, you can know what you know, and if you don't know anything, let them know because uh, you rather you can't fool anyone. So is that where TV came into it? Like, were you just coached by Leslie, and then you've kept getting better and better and better and then she was almost not so much outgrown her but she needed more advice as well so tv come on board as like a co-coach tv came along when i moved to moama Uh, up until then i I was still going to leslie's training group and because leslie has a busy life herself um, with her own work and coaching it was just easier to have someone else to um i guess help with the um, long term, not long term, um, the dis- distance. Yeah, so TV is quite good with um, technology and being on Skype, so it works out well for that. Yeah, it's pretty good at a lot of things. TV mm-hmm. is, um, he does pretty good. Um, what about diet or kind of routines? Do you have any any secrets? Like, are you, um, has this, you know, do you meditate or, 
don't know, anything kind of that people would be like, oh, I could implement that in my life to help me with my performance or life balance or nutrition or... Yeah, again, um, before the Gold Coast, I went and saw a sports dietitian and um, developed, a, I guess, a plan that works well um, for me and haven't really changed it because I know it works well. Um, and same with gels. I don't really like... never really liked taking gels, so he gave um, me one to, that I can make at home. Um, but I guess everything is in, in balance. Um, Probably one thing that I've um, added into my um, life over the last two years is um, recognising the, the role of um, meditating and having that time just to switch off from the world and giving yourself a chance to emotionally um, recover. Um, so I think that's a big part of my life um, now, um, daily. Um, I, oh, I wouldn't say daily, but five times a week I do my yoga meditation um, and there yeah, I definitely know if I haven't done it in two days do you do that through an app or have you got a program or what do you um, I was lucky my cousin went over to do her um, 300 hour training over in um, India India yeah, yeah. and um, where she did it they've got an online video so I just do my online videos they've got about probably about 30 videos so um, that was in my summer holidays job to just immerse myself in those videos so now I sort of wake up or I get back home at the end of the night and I sort of know what type of yoga I need whether it's more of a breathing yoga or whether I need some kind of chanting or whether I need to just lay there yeah I've um been on a, oh, not so much a journey like that involving people from India but um I've just been trying to do it. That was my goal for this year. Just signed up with Headspace, you know, 10 mm. or 15 minutes a day, like trying to make that time, mm. which is interesting because you find the time to run, you know, 20, 30 or K yeah. each day, but you can't find 15 minutes to yeah. to plug in and switch off in the world. And I must admit that I found it super difficult at the start to go mm. and sit there and your mind's wondering, especially in the morning because mm. I'm going, I've got to do that, got to yeah. do that, got to do that. How far am I running? Yeah. What's going on here? Um, but now I must admit as well that it's something I look forward to and, mm. There's so many studies out there about how good it is for you. It was um, when I started doing it, my cousin Alison, she was still at her training in India, and this was at the start of um, the summer holidays in December last year. And I did an, I was trying to get through this hour and a half yoga session, and I was struggling. My mind, I just kept on looking at my clock. I had to stop and have drinks, and internally I was just exhausted. And I sent her a message after. I'm like, I. I can run for an hour and a half easy, but this doing an hour and a half of yoga, I'm struggling. I can do it now easy. I don't look at my watch and I sort of, oh, an hour and a half's been already. But at the time, before, yeah, it was um, really hard. So you're doing an hour and a half five times a week? Gosh, no, no. no, You're um, making me look bad now. No, no, like 10 minutes um, during the week. But I do like doing my my hour and a half video. Um, I, I quite gotten into the routine of doing it the same day as a long run I just find it relaxing and energizing in mm. a funny way I find it just energizes me yeah and it's in this world we're living in with you know phones and emails and tv and apps giving us notifications it's so mm. important just to be able to forget all that and have some time mm. just in your own head um can we talk about the sports psychologist you've been yeah. that's that's a spot that I really think is like massive 
and you're someone who's making the most of that, but so many people wouldn't be. Um, yeah, look, I guess um, my lifestyle, I've always been one who is probably doing trying to do two things, um, too many things at once. And, um, yeah, I was, I've been lucky enough to, um, when I moved up here, found myself in a spot where I needed to um, get in, um get connected with a psychologist and I see Kara Tucker now, um, I ch- check in with her um, when I need, um, when, when I need to and if I haven't seen her in a while just to, I guess, check in. Um, I think it's important, especially in this world. I don't think our brains um, was cut to deal with um, as much interaction we're surrounded with at the moment. But I guess after Melbourne Marathon last year, it just really... Um, showed me an area of weakness in in my um myself and where I needed to make some changes so I, I had a few specific sessions with a um, sports psychologist just just to work on I guess developing some um, training tools to take into training and racing um, to allow my brain to focus more I think um, especially because I'm so visual and so I guess the art side of me I just my brain just wanders um, and I I found that in longer races, even though I, I like training and my body's more suited um, to racing longer distances, my mind just switches off. Um, so, yeah, I've just enjoyed um, having a few more, I guess, a few tools to try and training um, to work on that area of weakness. When you say switches off, so it just thinks about other stuff other than the running? Because um, wouldn't that be one of the strategies, to switch your mind off and escape the kind of pain or escape the the running stuff or is it like what do you mean switches off i guess or just doesn't want to be there oh no it just wants to be there but it might i guess i'm just happy to finish yeah (laughs) i'm not i'm yeah just wanders and yeah it goes another tangent which is um as yeah which I, i was frustrated with um i guess the marathon i just i remember thinking oh i just People who usually hate one part of their body, and I just hate my brain. Uh, but then I'm like, oh no, I quite like my brain because <laughs> I, I love art. So it, in that sense, it, it's um, fantastic for my um, artistic um, passion. But when it comes to peak performance, it just hinders me sometimes. So um, yeah, I've just enjoyed, I guess, trying to focus on developing and um, some strategies to focus more. Have you been practicing those kind of strategies when we've been doing these longer sessions? Yeah, longer marathons. Longer think, marathon yeah. sessions and um, in reps, just um, learning to acknowledge um, the pain and become comfortable with it and just let it be. And yeah, and I think um, I've noticed yoga and meditating has helped too. Just it's, um, funny, it's quite nice now just being still and being within yourself and yeah I think that's something I've learnt through yoga and you get a similar thing um, running too just that joy of just being present mm. yeah and it almost um, the stuff in the morning like, I know if I don't run in the morning and go to work it's a, I'm a whole different person mm. just to accomplish something early in the morning the sun's rising your heart's beating you're breathing like it's it's um it just sets you up i think that's very spiritual as well sometimes mm. the running out there especially in the mornings um 
last thing probably about running, do you want to talk about Paris? So Paris Marathons, you'll be in the air or you'll be there this time next week and then this time in two weeks you'll be yeah. pretty much on, uh, what time will it be oh, over right. here? It'll be about Sunday afternoon our time, Sunday morning over there. Been studying it on YouTube, you told me yesterday. What um what are the hopes for it, I guess? Um, for me it's just to get that joy for from um, a marathon again. I as I mentioned, I love the Gold Coast Marathon. Um, and it's probably one of my favourite races. I look back on it and it, yeah, it's probably one of my highlight races. Not so much because I exceeded my um, expectations, but just um, I just really loved my time racing in that two and a, two hours forty three minutes, um, but after uh, after a few bad not bad but um, disappointing marathons, I after Melbourne last year again I was like I don't want to run a marathon, <laughs> um, but yeah after a month you start assessing what you want to do for the year and um, at, it was at sort of at um, the end of last year school holidays are coming up, summer holidays, and that's my time in the art studio where I become a full-time artist for the, the summer holidays. And I was sort of at a, a creative block. I, I was sick of my art practice, my printmaking practice is sort of, sort of inspired by maps. And I'm sick of doing Melbourne and Australia. And I'd, I'd started looking at Paris and New York marathon. I mean, Paris and New York maps and just love the patterns and structure that you can get from the map. So I just Googled New York Marathon and that was off the radar because so it was in November and not in the school holidays. And then the second on my list was Paris and that was in the middle of these holidays. So I'm like, oh, it's easy. I'm going to Paris to run the marathon. Um, and that's my aim just to go there, experience Paris, get some creative um, inspiration and enjoy the marathon. Mm. So positive experience in the marathon, that would be your, your yeah, goal? Yeah, yeah definitely. So it's probably more of a process goal than an outcome goal. Like you want to yeah. have a process that's yep. positive. If that equals 235, yep. it's good. If it equals 245, it's good. Yep. But a positive experience, it's going to, yeah, you're going to come away having a smile on your face mm. against the marathon. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, it's really similar to how I went into Berlin last year. A lot of people ask me, as they do, what time you want to run. Like Everyone wants to know what mm. time you want to run. And my answer was always, I just want to have a positive experience because mm. Melbourne Marathon wasn't po- well, mm. it was positive up to a certain amount, but overall it wasn't positive. And it's bloody hard to have a positive experience in a marathon because it's so hard on your body and your mind to, mm. to for everything to go so well. So, um, yeah, that's a wait and see, I guess. We'll be following pretty uh, closely. You'd have to be stoked with your form going in. I know I've had a front row seat watching you in these you know, I'll do 30k, you'll do 37k and how strong you are through the middle and that session we did last week with the um, the 20k kick down at the end of it, those numbers would have to reflect. Yeah, again, I've just been enjoying the process of training and yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I've enjoyed training for this marathon and I'm just going to, yeah, keep focusing on that's the aim for um, the trip to go over it and experience Paris um, and enjoy it. I've got, I've already planned a lot of my trip <laughs> around um, art and a Chanel tour and um, got a, my, I've got a um, year class studying Dagar next term so I've worked out the um, shop where he bought his 
pastels from is only open on a Thursday for four hours, so I've got to go there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just looking forward to um, exploring Paris. Where's the course go? Do you know? Have you... Yeah, look, it's a bit of a, um, a circle, I guess, an oval loop. You start near the Arc de Triomphe, then sort of run one side of the, the river and then come back around yep. and finish. Pass the off tower. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, there's a massive park there as well. I got lost mm. in the park. It's, yeah, that'd be awesome to do your last week's training in mm. when you get over there. It's, um, yeah, and no, I was lucky to, um, up at Falls Creek this year I, um, Sarah Klein she raced it last year so she was giving me a few tips on where to do my runs in the week prior to get used to the, the last bit of the course so that was good uh, having her advice sometimes that's one of the biggest battles like you get over there the week before and you've still got to do you know I know I did a, a 5k kind of time trial the week of the race and we were in Prague and I was running around trying to find spots to mm. to you know bang out a fast 5k and um, sometimes that could be quite a quite a chore trying mm-hmm. to find the right spot Strava's good for that a few mm-hmm. um I looked up a couple of tracks on Strava and a couple of people mm-hmm. got in contact saying mm-hmm. these are the best ones which is um which is good let's move on to the art those Paris two weeks looking forward to um yeah really looking forward to seeing that result I reckon you're going to absolutely smash it out of the park but the marathons there's so many so many question marks in the marathon it can be um yeah it can be go either way but anyway we'll see what happens yeah. um the art stuff so you talked about the maps. What about, yeah, do you want to maybe give us a bit of a, because I don't know anything about art. My partner Carly's an artist and I say what I think looks good that she mm-hmm. comes out with and she goes, what do you think of this? And I say, yep, good, or try this or try that. Not that it's worth much, but you're obviously way more involved in your art than um, yeah. well, just as much as you're running, I suppose. Look, I guess um, my mum's an artist and an art teacher, so it was just, I grew up in an art studio. Um, toys were clay and whatever materials mum was working with whether it be um leftover papers and lino printing inks and lino um so yeah look I I've always loved art and it's always um been a part of my life and I think without realizing it I developed my own art practice um yeah year 11 and year 12 going on weekend life during trips with mum and um didn't really think of doing art outside uni until I guess the end of year 12. Um, luckily I did put two courses on my um, preference sheet so I could change them. Um, but yeah, went to uni um, and haven't looked back um, and enjoyed the journey that it's taken. Um, learned a lot along the way, um, especially in my time doing honours and masters. It's sort of yeah, never look back with regrets, but um, sort of those years where you get uh, pushed into, not pushed, but directed into maybe um, working more conceptually rather than um, just being happy with making things that look nice. Um, but now I quite enjoy printmaking and just the pure joy of the process that printmaking brings and playing around with colour. Yeah, so you make those prints, especially of like the maps, and then you produce them and then they're in art stores all over Australia. How does that work? Uh, art shops? Yeah, I stock prints in um, a shop in, two shops in Melbourne. Um, and then again, it's sort of, I haven't really done any more because it, I don't have the time and um, I don't want to, it's not something you can rush art. So um, 
I've got um, a few things coming up, but it's just sort of been more um, through having work in that shop that other opportunities have um, arisen from that. I um, was lucky, I did, I've worked on a few commissions the last few, year, few years, um, making a mural for Melbourne Central and um, a few other commissions with um, Abbotsford Convent and um, again, Melbourne Central through my maps. Um, but yeah, just do make more for my own um, enjoyment too. That's pretty awesome. Um, what about the heart rate park run stuff? Yeah, that was a um, piece I did in my masters at Monash Uni. I was involved in the Next Wave Art Festival, which happens every two years with um, emerging emerging artists. You, um, they can help um, support you um, with both mentors and funding to create I guess, work um, that is more um, is that is both connecting with the um, community and maybe um, a bit more conceptual. So, um, yeah, I did that project back in 2010 and was lucky enough to do it last year with Parkrun. So um, a lot of my work in honours and masters was working, exploring other ways of representing time rather than numbers and in ways that were, um, I guess, visual. Um, so one project I worked on was um, instead of recording instead of using time as a record of how of who should um, win a race using the heart rate of a um, competitor with the idea that the person with the highest heart rates pushed their body to further limit therefore deserves the first place so I did that project in 2010 and was lucky enough to um, do it last, get the project in an um, art gallery last year at Shepparton and yeah really enjoyed that experience of having um, that exhibition with my 10 metronomes and they were recording 10 um, heart rates um, of runners at the Shepparton Park run. Was it 10 of the fastest or did it a bit of a mix? No, a bit of a mix. Yeah. So the, the, I think the, the highest was 180 and the lowest was, I can't remember, it was, yeah, a lot lower. So they, you just got their heart rates when they crossed the line? Is that how you, or did you fix them with heart rate monitors? Or how no, you no, get I got that? their heart rates at the end, so yeah. I got them to... Um, I guess mainly um, get their heart rates with their fingers up around their neck yeah, um, and tell me what um, rate they were beating at. Yeah, that's awesome. Pretty good concept. Um, and obviously that art and the running just, just works for you. Like, do you find it's a good balance? Obviously, sometimes it'd be too much on because it's hard to be a full-time school teacher, an elite runner, and a, pretty much an elite artist at the same time. But do you feel like there's a good relationship between, a good balance between the three? Uh, y- y- yes, um, oh, I'd love to spend more time, I guess, doing art, but at the same time, if I was, the rest of my life would be unbalanced and I don't want that. So, um, I remember when I finished my master's, I was a bit annoyed with my feedback, but it was, it, I agree with it. It was, um, it was literally, um, if you want to, to progress the next level with the art instead of getting it up at six o'clock in the morning to run you need to go to your art studio and that was the feedback um and but it's true i and um at the moment i'm quite keen to see how i can progress with running and um, but at the same time i think art and um sport are quite similar like i've spent a lot a long time um spend um developing an, an art style and um that 
it's at now at a point where I don't need to do as much work to keep the ideas flowing. Same with fitness, you get to a certain fitness and it's quite easy just to um, guess, tick the, um, to keep it at that level. So at the, at, at the moment I'm just happy um, keeping in my art practice where it is at the um, moment. Um, if an opportunity comes along and it fits in with um, everything else in my life, take it, if not, leave it. Yeah, beautiful. Second last question, have you got any um, like resources or podcasts or books or documentaries that you'd recommend for people in the art space or the running world? Like, is there anything you think's a really good gem that you that you use or you have been exposed to that you think other people would as well? Oh, I, it's probably more individual. I'm just obsessed with maps. So there's a few map books out there. Um, I'm also probably inspired a lot by um artists and quite similar to sports people they it takes a lot um to actually get somewhere in the art world so i guess um yeah instead of um, having sports people that i'm inspired by probably more your artistic yeah um ones yeah and last question have you got any mantras or philosophies that you live by oh i Every now and again I do and I'll keep it, but then it changes. I don't, no, I don't really have it. It's one that stands out. Beautiful. And Tali, where can um, people follow you online? Instagram or Twitter, website? What have you? Um, I use Instagram. I like visual, I like taking photos. So, yeah, I think it's Tali Bird. Yep. And you'll be uh, putting updates, Paris, up there for the next next yeah, few weeks. There'll be plenty wait. of photos of that stuff going on. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Thank you. go that was tally bird as i said really thankful for her time um as i said in the intro get around her send her a tweet facebook message whatever just wish her a bit of luck actually don't do that if she's probably like sleeping or something because that probably wouldn't be the greatest preparation getting woken up um on your phone by that going off from random people sending you good luck messages so maybe just check the time zone before you go sending those things um thanks for listening see you again next time cheers
catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 